0: Hey, welcome back everybody to the Brews and Belters podcast. This is season 2, episode 17. I'm Keegan Gowitz. Uh, tonight I'm sipping on a third space brewing nice day IPA, 6.8%. Um, pretty good, pretty standard, juicy IPA. Nothing too special, but pretty tasty. With me as always, Toby Hinefeld. Toby, how you doing? What you sipping on?
1: I am doing great. Today I have a Maplewood Brewing. Company from Chicago and it is their IPA and it is Juice Pants. Seven percent alcohol, pretty tasty, uh juicy, hazy IPA.
0: I've had juice pants and I love juice pants actually. I just had it for the first time like three or four months ago. A buddy of mine brought it over and I really, really liked it. It's one of his favorite beers and he was hyping it up and uh it lived up to the hype. I like it. Yeah.
1: So for all the listeners out there, uh we do this with a video, and so I'm looking at Keegan, dazzling brightly with great lighting. And what? Why is that, Keeks?
0: It's because my amazing fiance Amanda bought me for my birthday, um, which is actually today. Birthday pod. Pew 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 pew. Um, Happy birthday! And, thank you. And she let me she let me open it a few days early, so it's hanging up now. Um, but she bought me a neon sign that is our Bruce and belters logo which is nuts she found someone on Etsy who makes these custom neon lights super awesome um yeah i love it i we've got like a little spare bedroom in here that's too small for a guest room so i've just turned it into the podcast slash watch soccer room and uh yeah that's the light in here I've, i haven't turned the actual light on since i got this it's it's just it's just the neon sign that's it
1: so. <laughs> no, it looks perfect. Yeah. Uh you'll have to take a picture of it and put it on, on the internet.
0: Oh yeah. I got That's it on it. our I got it on our Instagram now. I put it up there, so okay, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bruce and Belters. Uh we're getting a little cult following on there of QPR fans, and let's just dive right into it. FA Cup this past weekend, the most magical tournament in the world. Uh we're gonna start out QPR versus Rotterdam. scoreless through 90 minutes. Michael Iekwe scores in the 98th for Rotterdam. Second half extra time, Lyndon Dykes comes back, ties it up with a headed goal for QPR. We go into PKs, almost get all the way through to the keepers, but Jordan Archer of QPR um, makes the save to give him the win. He actually injured his shoulder on the save, so uh, QPR... Keeping a close eye on him right now, but they're through to the fourth round. Crazy match. Uh, they they ended up winning eight seven on PKs. So, I immediately flipped from that match to Wigan Athletic versus Blackburn Rovers, which was even more wild. Um, super tight. That, that
1: game was that game was probably the best one in the third round.
0: Yeah, absolutely, by a mile. Um, Super, super tight all-match, really back and forth. Blackburn scored in the 49th, Wigan equalized in the 61st. Um, Tough bounce. It was a bomb from deep, just kind of took a a, a weird bounce, short hop. Kind of poor from the goalkeeper. Um, And then they take a 2-1 lead off of an own goal in the 75th on another goalkeeper mistake. Looked like they were going to win it till the final minute of the match, 89th, Rotterdam's Daniel Ayala scores a header off a set piece to tie it. But wait, there's more because it's the fucking FA Cup. The Catalina wine mixer of football. 19-year-old Thilo Asgard, descendant of Thor himself, receives a ball. Short corner, left side of the box, 94th minute. Fakes across with his left, turns it on to his right, and just whips one in from a mile out. Goes over the keeper's head. The keeper's playing a little bit out. Over the keeper's head, into the top right side netting, Belter City. Uh, we had Wigan fans going absolutely nuts on Twitter. Um, i so basically we're a QPR Wigan fan account. Now we were blowing up, um, we, we got tons of replies and retweets only probably like four or five followers out of the whole day, but it was a win in my book. Uh, we had to be trending at some point, you know, even if it was just within like a five mile radius of my house, we were trending.
1: So. No, definitely. And I could see why that would be with uh, the goals that were scored, the own goals that were scored. Uh, the Compared to some of the other games, especially that QPR game where there was some good goaltending, it was a lot of suspect meh goaltending. Yeah. And uh, there was even some denials from the woodwork uh so this game had a little bit of everything uh who had the last goal the third goal for Wigan was it uh Asgard yeah correct Thilo Asgard
0: 19 year old um born actually in Liverpool Wigan is like kind of right halfway between Liverpool and and Manchester um he plays for Norway's international team actually but uh born in Liverpool came up through Wigan's um program and and now he's a hero. So, they're through to the fourth round.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it was a it was a beauty goal. Like yeah. it was it was a worldie and for it to cap off that game uh was awesome. Yeah. There was I mean, there was a lot of good games and there was a lot of duds as well for the FA this round. Yeah. But uh the two you, we've talked about are definitely by far in my opinion the best. Yeah.
0: And you uh I know you tuned into your Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, walk us through that match.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, being watched on my phone uh, just north of Miami. Uh, Wife and I were in Florida for the weekend. Uh, I mean, trash game. It was like a Bubba Gump expansion team that Tottenham was playing. Uh, They're not even in the championship. They're in a league lower than that, and they are one of the worst defensive teams in that league and somehow it took Tottenham 74 minutes to score on them. Uh, and uh, Morakambe, the Shrimps, as they're nicknamed, uh, scored in the 33rd minute. And after that, Tottenham was just in a lull. Terrible. Um, your boy, uh, Harry Kane, had to come on, save the day. Harry Winks got a goal that kind of kick-started everything in the 74th. And I don't think he even meant to score on a set piece. I think he was curling in the pass and it just went over. Uh, but it ended up being a goal. Uh, they had to sub on Harry Kane and Lucas Moura. Um, I felt bad because uh, I think that was the last game we'll see of Tenga and Dembele. Um, he was literally booed off the pitch. And he was... so. He said he was... He claims he was upset, but they were chasing the game at this point in like the 70th minute. And he was walking off the pitch when everyone else was running to the point where Harry Kane pushed him, like, get going, you know. And he wasn't doing that, and he didn't even go to the bench. He went directly through the tunnel. Um, So I don't know. He has really no value at the moment because he's been in such a bad bowl. And most of that, in my opinion, is because Tottenham just, I don't think, ever maximized his potential, um, which is upsetting. And it's kind of to the point where I was after I watched that game, I was like, does Conte want to quit? Like, like, does he even want to coach at Tottenham, you know? They have, in essence, an open checkbook and, you know, state-of-the-art, amazing facility, but they, their players just aren't good. Like, they're just not as good as they should be, and I feel bad for Conte because he has so much going for him, and not Tottenham, though. That's definitely not going for him.
0: And they've been decent in the league, which is the weird thing I mean they're like they're they've kept up in the Premier League, obviously they're not in that top four position where they're like threatening for the title, but they've played like it it feels like they're in a much better position than you would imagine them to be in if you if you didn't look at the standings, if you didn't look at the table you they've just been so blah that you wouldn't expect that you would think they were drifting in like twelfth or thirteenth and they're not there. Um And, it yeah, it just feels really weird. It almost feels a little bit like Arsenal last year. It feels like you have a fairly talented group that just doesn't seem like they give a fuck. They don't seem to have much passion or much drive right now um to really, like, push themselves forward and go win a trophy, whether it's, you know, Carabao. I mean, obviously, Carabao isn't going to happen now. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, to go out and win an FA Cup or, uh, you know, whatever whatever else it might be, they just don't seem driven to to win anything there doesn't seem to be any passion or, or competitiveness there um which has got to be extremely frustrating for Conte, who's such a passionate guy and who comes in and tries to to build up that energy
1: yeah no definitely um, what about your liverpool how did they look
0: uh yeah um i mean they had a, a fairly easy one four, one win uh they were down actually to be fair for for a minute went down one nil but um the young Are you boys now no I knew we'd get some of the more experienced guys on there. Um I mean they had a decent amount of, of uh you know big names starting. Uh Van Dyke was out there and um but they did start a bunch of young guys which is great. Got a lot of them experience. Um Cade uh god I'm free- I'm drawing a blank on the last name but Cade dot 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 uh 18-year-old scored in his senior debut and They ended up winning 4-1. Bobby got a goal as well, so I wasn't really sweating. Um, I mean, once we went down 1-0, I was like, all right, what's going on? Let's figure it out, but kind of figured that they would. Um, Along with them, West Ham, Wolves, Everton, Brighton, and Chelsea, um, all Premier League teams that went through. United went through over Villa uh, with a 1-0 win, thanks to a Scott McTominay strike, of all things. Um other than that arsenal got knocked out 1-0 against nottingham forest. I know you watched a bit of this Toby. Uh Nottingham didn't have much possession but put 3 shots on goal compared to arsenal's 0 shots on goal. Great finish from Lewis Grabban for the winner in the 83rd. Uh cross came through. He was kind of running and extended his leg to catch it while like mid-slide and, and just kind of poked one in. So they're through to the fourth round. Uh do you have any thoughts on that game?
1: Set Pass to uh, Lewis grabbin like that was an amazing wing-back pass um, that they had. Uh, the portion of the game, which was half of it, I watched. Uh, Arsenal was okay, but they just never had anything. Even the the goal that was scored on them uh, was like a pretty much a turnover on their end. Uh, they look, they didn't look like they were in form. Uh, they did have some pretty cool kits on though, which were the Arsenal all whites uh, for their like. A uh, campaign for uh no red for their anti violence. Um which is pretty cool but uh Nottingham did have red on theirs and they looked they looked really good. Like
0: they were out for, for blood if you will.
1: Oof, oof, oof. So uh they looked really good, especially against Arsenal who is number four in the table right now for the Premier League. Yeah. So they've been hot. Uh, and if there's one thing I will always be on is that Arsenal getting their ass kicked. That's always Always a, always a positive in my book.
0: Always, always. So fourth round, a couple matches to keep in mind. Uh, Everton versus Brentford should be a really good one. Brentford is a Premier League team I forgot to mention. They made it through. Um, Tottenham versus Brighton should be a really good one as well. Wolves versus Norwich. And then uh, Leicester versus Nottingham might be a pretty interesting match, especially if Leicester maybe are resting some of their key players. Um, Wilfred Ndidi is out, he's playing in AFCON currently, so, uh, could make a little bit of a difference there, just depending how things go in that fourth round, obviously Nottingham's gonna come out and, you know, try and try and make it a huge statement and win that and move on. Um, one team I wanted to shout out, uh, Kitterminster, who is a six-tier team, um, 136-year-old club, 1987 FA Cup winners. Just some fun facts for you. They defeated Reading 2-1. Reading, historically, pretty well-known club in England. Um, They beat them 2-1, and they advanced to the fourth round. They will run into West Ham, unfortunately for them. Um, But always exciting. I mean, that's that's the special thing about the FA Cup. You've got this sixth-tier club who's got their stadium has a capacity of, like, 6,500 people. Um and you know, they're through to the fourth round where they're gonna play against West Ham, so pretty awesome.
1: Boys those boys have part time or full time jobs on the side. Absolutely. Like they're not making money playing soccer. They just do it for the love.
0: Just do it for the love which, of the, we, the game. Which yeah. we all do. Yeah. Uh and then Carabao Cup, I'll let you run with this, Tobes. Um, your Tottenham Hotspurs once again. Uh we're Thank you. we're we're playing.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh it's terrible. Like they're not very good and Chelsea is and if there was ever a time to beat Chelsea I think it would be when half their team is gone uh to Africa to play and then the other half has COVID you know you have literally Christian Pulisic playing four different positions over the last three or four games um and like they could have taken advantage and they didn't so they had the first round Last week, um, which Arsenal and Liverpool were also supposed to play, but that game got uh, postponed because Klopp, uh, controls what happens with FIFA and COVID. Um, <laughs> uh, that's neither here nor there. But Tottenham did play last week, got beat 2-0, and the first two goals were in the first half for Chelsea, and Chelsea manhandled them. Poor, poor roster, and, which is upsetting because it was a lot of the main players for Tottenham, um, but they just had did not have the correct shape that they should have, and the formation was out of whack. Um, so Chelsea ended up taking 1-0 today, making it a 3-0 on aggregate. Uh, today, Tottenham had to score first. If they didn't score first, they were going to lose no matter what. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. They allowed a goal on a set piece. uh, Tenganga, uh was the one who gave that up. Um, and it was Rüdiger, of all people, defender on it corner kick, you know, to get the header and put it in. Uh it was kind of a goalie blunder. Um they did not have Hugo Lorison. They had the the Italian they're a backup Italian goalie. Uh and he he kinda overcommitted and missed completely. Um which it just kinda shows like this isn't the first time that they've been in a tournament, you know, where they had to win to go to the you know, to go to the finals and they don't play their main goalie, which I get it. Like you have to sit, sit guys. But I think you sit them in the first couple of rounds. You don't sit them in the, you know, the semifinals or final. Uh, so yeah, so it was a rough, rough day for Tottenham. They're out of this tournament. Carabos, all they got left, uh, not having the EFL is just the FA Cup, and then you know the Premier League was just hoping to battle for fourth or fifth to be back in Europe in a European tournament next year. Um, Carbo. in a nutshell you know we tomorrow we have Liverpool and Arsenal is there anything you're expecting for that game
0: um well you mentioned prior to us hopping on here just Arsenal a lot of you know I mean they just played in the FA Cup they're playing Liverpool tomorrow and then they play Tottenham this weekend in the Premier League so um probably some tired legs there Liverpool obviously missing two of their they're uh, top strikers with Sadio Mane and, and Mohamed Salah being at AFCON. So, um, should be a good matchup. I mean, Arsenal have been playing really, really well in the league. Obviously, they just got knocked out of the FA Cup, but, um, you know, their youngsters are playing really well. And uh, they're not missing a ton of players outside of Aubameyang Yang and El Neni, which, to be fair, Aubameyang Yang hadn't been playing very well anyway um, when he was even playing for them. So, uh should be a pretty good matchup um I I don't know I'm I'm not really sure what to expect honestly I'm really interested to see how Liverpool plays without Salah without Mane obviously they use them so much to get width while attacking and and um I don't know we'll see what happens I I think Liverpool have enough depth where where they'll be all right but you just never really know and in cup matches like this when you're missing a few players. So we'll see.
1: Who do you think's more affected uh, tomorrow? Arsenal has uh, the Ghanaian? Or Ghanaian? I, don't, I don't know which one that would be. I'm always bad at that. But uh, Thomas Partey, uh, Mohamed Elneny, the Egyptian Obomiang, uh, and then uh, Nicholas Pepe and Omar Rekic from yeah. uh, Tunisia. So they're missing five players Uh Two, two to three are everyday starters for them. Um, and then I would say that Elneny, the Egyptian, comes off the bench pretty regularly for them in the midfield. Um, and then Liverpool has, who you said, Mo Salah, and then Sadio Mane, but also uh, Naby Keita as well, yeah. uh, is at the AFCON uh, for Guinea. So, I mean, who do you think? I mean, Technically less players, but I think Liverpool, those are, those are arguably your two best forwards.
0: Yeah, um, those two. And then, I mean, Keita with with the midfield kind of being shifty this year and you never know who's going to be available with COVID injuries, so on. Um, there hasn't really been much stability in the midfield, so I think Navi being out is big. Um, Partey is, is one that I forgot about with Arsenal as well as Pepe, but Pepe really, I mean, with, with the three young guys, Martinelli, Saka, and Emile Smith-Rowe, Pepe hasn't really been super, super instrumental in their attack. I think Partey is who they're going to miss the most. I think he brings a ton of stability to their midfield and frees those guys up for their attack. So if they're going to rely on Granit Xhaka, that makes me feel a lot more confident in Liverpool. Um, However, like you said, I mean, Salah right now, offensively, arguably the greatest player in the world um, and the best player in the league. And then Mane obviously can can light it up at any point and has been starting to play a little bit better. Popped in a couple goals before AFCON after he'd struggled for a few months in a row. So I do think Liverpool are missing a little bit more. But, you know, to be fair, Arsenal, obviously Thomas Partey, like I said, is a huge, huge part of their core in the midfield. And then Pepe brings that speed and, and skill off of the bench as well or, you know, if he were to start so... They're both missing a lot. I, I do think Liverpool's missing a little bit more though. When you talk about you know one of the better players in the world right now, one of the hotter players in the world missing, you know that's like Bayern missing Lewandowski or PSG going into a match where they're missing Mbappe. Um, that's huge. So I, I so that game
1: is that game is tomorrow, and then the second leg, which was supposed to technically be tomorrow's game, is taking place next Thursday. Yeah. So by the end of next week, we'll have the
0: finals we'll know who's in the finals to play uh in london yeah um and then yeah moving moving forward kind of with afcon uh i think you had a list of some of the premier league players who will be missing in action and just you know players to watch in afcon afcon is a tournament that um there's been a little bit of publicity finally about you know for the world cup if if international teams have qualifiers it's a no-brainer that those guys are going to leave and miss league games but in the past a lot of times um, there's been an expectation that players should stay around and play for their club rather than going to represent their country for AFCON and it feels like it's just a tournament that hasn't really gotten the shine that it should despite the fact that this is you know the biggest African competition international wise um, it's known for amazing, amazing talent. You know, you look at some of the players that have played in this tournament over the years, Didier Drogba, Samuel Leto, um, you know, Yaya Toure, players like that represent their country, um, for this continents tournament. So, um, huge tournament and I'm really happy and I know you are as well to see all of these players go and, and represent their countries, you know, even if it means, our, our club teams are, are missing a few players. Um, it's it's still really fun to see, and I'm, I'm super excited to watch. We're one round through so far. Um, but yeah, run through some of those Premier League players that are uh, playing in this tourney that we'll be missing for for a bit from the league.
1: Yeah, so there's a few teams that have none, honestly, and I'll go through those first. So my Tottenham Hotspurs don't have any players uh, on their roster. You know, they have some loanies. Uh, some lone people that are out there. Uh, Norwich City, Newcastle, and Leeds all do not have players represented. Um, some of the bigger ones i have already gone through Arsenal uh, would be like Brighton, if you guys listened to our pod last week. Uh, Basumo had the midfielder. Um, he is missing from Brighton. Um, I think he's been great this season. Uh, Chelsea's Eduardo Mendy, the goalkeeper, uh, from Senegal. Uh, one of the other major teams besides Arsenal-Liverpool affected by this is Crystal Palace with uh, Giotte, Schlupp, AU uh, and then uh, Wilfred Zaha from uh, the Ivory Coast. Uh, so they're affected. Everpool has uh, Alex Iwobi, and then the other major team in this is Leicester City uh, with Daniel and and then also with uh, Mendy and Didi and uh, Iheanacho. Uh, all missing. Uh, Manchester City has, rear, uh, excuse me, has Mares, the Algerian, and then uh, Manchester United has Eric Bailey and Hannibal Malbury. Um I'm not familiar with him, and then uh, Ahmad Diallo as well. Um, other than that, you know, West Ham has one or two. So does the Wol, so does Wolves, um, but none of them really pop off at you. Uh, Watford's midfielder, uh, Ismael Esar, uh from Senegal. That would be a large one. Um, I think currently he is injured, though they're hoping to get him back uh, for both Senegal and for Watford. Yeah, but that's about it. Uh, quite a few players, and that's just in the Premier League. You know, that's not even including Syria, which has a lot of uh, African players in it, and some of the other leagues as well.
0: Yeah, the French league is a big one as well. Um...
1: Which that makes sense. We've kind of gone over this: how right. France and you know France. Uh, with colonizing parts of Africa as well, um, having dual citizenship. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Absolutely. A lot of Algerian players, um, you know, or Algerian families rather move to France. So, you know, there's always been a huge Algerian presence in France. Obviously Zinedine Zidane is a huge, um, you know, uh, example of that. Usama Mawar and Abil Fakir, guys that represent France that, that have Algerian citizenship, um, Along with Algeria, you probably mentioned already Riyad Mahrez of of Manchester City, Um, but some players that aren't in the Premier League who are great players to watch as well. Um, From Senegal, you got Khalidou Koulibaly, um, center-back from Napoli, Idrissa Gay from PSG, midfielder, um, Abdou Diallo, center-back of PSG. Kitabale of Cagliari, a uh, uh, left winger, and then Buna Saar of uh, Bayern Munich, who plays a right back for them. Doesn't really play all that often, but he's playing as like a right mid for Senegal right now. Um, Algeria, like I mentioned, Mahrez, Islam Soleimani of Lyon, Youssef Atal, and Andy Delort of Nice. Uh, Ismail Benasser of AC Milan, and then Saeed Ben Rama, who you probably mentioned, of West Ham. Um, and then Ivory Coast is really stacked. Sebastian Allaire, who's tearing it up, lighting it up for Ajax this year. Frank Kessie of AC Milan, Maxwell Cornet of Burnley, Eric Bailly, and Wilfred Zaha, which you mentioned, Nicola Pepe. Um, Morocco knows Ajax right now, which is kind of a bummer. I was hoping that he would play with Morocco, but, or no, I'm sorry, he's Turkish, God, um, But Hakimi is playing for Morocco, Sofian Bouffal from uh, Angers in One, and then Romain Saïs of Wolves. And then um, Nigeria, we talked about multiple Premier League players in DDA and Acho, Saïdou Sanusi of Porto, left back, Moses Simon um, of Nantes, and then uh, Samuel, Samuel Chuquezi of Villarreal. So just want to run through really quick a couple sites that I had seen had odds for winners and they went Senegal, Algeria, Egypt, Ivory Coast, Morocco, Nigeria in that order. I would put Nigeria much higher Uh, to me, Senegal are the favorites. And then I think I would go Nigeria or Ivory Coast after them and then probably Algeria, Egypt, Morocco. Um, But that's just me. I, I think Nigeria are super, super talented and so are Ivory Coast. And when you've got strikers like Sebastian Allaire, Zaha, Pepe, Corne, and then you've got like defensive-minded players like Bailly and, and Kessie, I think you're in a pretty good position to do well. But certainly wouldn't put Egypt up there in the top three. I mean, outside of Salah, El Neni, Trezeguet of of Villa, like they, they really don't have all that much, so that kind of shocked me um which is interesting when you think about again you know this this cup those could be people analyzing this and just seeing big names like Salah and Mahrez and putting Algeria and Egypt up there and maybe not really diving too far into it but um i don't know just kind of interested me that they were that high ranked what do you think
1: yeah i kind of am on the same boat as you i do think uh senegal and ivory coast are probably the two best teams uh, Nigeria is pretty nice, and there's a few other smaller teams. Um, you know some of the really small teams, like Amali uh, or I, so there's a couple of them that I didn't even really know where they you know were geographically located if they was central, you know or like southern, I didn't know um, some of these countries, but they all have like one or two outstanding players, yeah and then everyone else, you know you're just hoping that they can like form a good team <laughs> and uh, get on a hot streak. Uh, but the African Cup of Nations tournament has uh, 24 teams uh, in six groups of four. And of this group play that we're currently kicked off uh, this week, uh, the top two from each group move on. And then the four highest seeded third place teams also move on as well. Um, so there will be 16. You know, they'll trim it from 24 to 16 pretty quickly and uh go from there with the next round of the tournament and it's pretty exciting so far with some of the matches that they've had
0: yeah and like you said i mean just that's the beauty of this tournament it's you you only get so many teams in a world cup and this is one of those tournaments where you get to see some of these smaller countries that do have one or two outstanding players and you get to watch them compete on a huge international stage where you know they may not make it to a world cup so um, super exciting, super fun competition and really, really looking forward to watching it play out. Um, we're, we're one match day through. Uh, every team has played one match. Um, and so we'll continue from here and I'm looking forward to it. But to wrap up this discussion, uh, you mentioned Mali. Mali played against Tunisia and there was a little bit of a referee mishap that has led to some speculation regarding um, match rigging and so on. So I'll let you kind of dive in here and explain the situation.
1: It, it was crazy. Like this is a uh, this is like kind of the timeline. So come the 76th minute, there was a VAR uh, that was award Tunisia a penalty. Um, the 77th minute, Mali's Ibrahim Moncoro saves that penalty, and then in the 86th minute, ref blows. For full time, and then restarts play. So he he not like I, I used to ref, and there'd be times where you're like, oh shit, I forgot to click the stopwatch, you know. So you like you don't actually know how much time's passed. You're just kind of hoping you do. And that's kind of how I feel like this guy was. He blew the full time whistle whistle uh, at 86 minute. Ended up restarting play 87th minute had a straight red to Mali's uh, Eblia Torre, and then ended up blowing the game dead at 89 minutes. So that's the final 89. Tunisia ends up losing 1-0 um, and was chasing the game, you know, for parts of that. But, yeah, for all that to happen with the VAR, you know, there was a penalty, it was saved, called the game, then give a red card, then called the game again, and they didn't even make it to the full 90 in stoppage. It was just – it was – Crazy, never seen anything like it before. Um, definitely upset with uh, with the outcome since I kind of have a rooting interest in Tunisia. And Tunisia also is now sponsored by Kappa, which is like my favorite soccer brand. Uh, <laughs> and that's something I think we need to kind of go over is just how awesome some of these African countries' kits are. Their jerseys are top class.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like all of them. Like, like there is yeah. not a dud out of the 24 countries and some of them are like the cleanest kids you've ever seen i mean nigeria yeah. we all know always has a sick kid. senegal's got nice kids algeria um ivory coast typically has really nice ones as well so yeah um a lot of sauce in this tournament but yeah Mali versus tunisia just super weird and when he blew originally tunisia was up in arms understandably they were out on the pitch the the managers and everything and then he blew again molly just goes into the locker room i mean they're like fuck yeah we'll take a 1-0 win and move on and apparently he tried to resume play after he blew the second time he tried to resume play a third time but molly was already in the locker room and they were like "Nah, game's over we're staying in here like we're not coming back out and it just fucking ended like that so i'm sure there will be more of an investigation going on here and everything i mean this guy couldn't have lost time on his watch like you were probably in an indoor match in Peoria, Illinois, whereas this guy's refereeing an Afcon match. You can't, you can't slip up like that. So uh, yeah, it's just wild.
1: So Mali, so Mali's Molly, home and away jerseys are sick. They got their crest, and it looks semi kind of like a Mexican league jersey, but way better than that. And then, by far, in my opinion, the <laughs> best is Nigeria's, um, and they played Egypt and. They bottled up Salah, they, Nigeria plays like a fun attacking style, and uh, they end up getting a 1-0 victory with Leicester City's uh, Ian Acho, uh having a belter-esque is what I said on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> it was a great goal, and uh, it was probably goal of the tournament thus far, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, just looked up those Mali kits real quick. Um, home and away, side by side, we're definitely going to have to do a little post. Let everyone vote on their favorites um, because those are crispy. We're
1: bringing back Kid of the Week. Is that what we're doing here? Is this, That is, is what we're doing. Thing?
0: That's definitely what we're doing. <laughs> uh, moving on to a little bit of transfer news, and we'll wrap up here with this and then our Booze, Cheers, and Belters. But um, Yeah, just going to run through some of the rumor mill and transfers that have already happened. Kieran Trippier uh, and Chris Wood from Burnley, both to Newcastle. Uh, they're also targeting a 19-year-old striker from Reims in Ligue 1, Hugo Ekitike, Eight goals so far in Ligue 1 this year, only 19 years old. Um, Coutinho and Lucas Dine, both to Aston Villas, signed, seal delivered. Ajax um, are offloading David Neres to Shakhtar. And they're targeting currently targeting Steven Bergwijn of Tottenham Hotspur's Uh, To replace him. So that's all I've got right now. What do you got, Tobes?
1: Kind of the same thing. Uh, Everton signed two defenders, which I've been complaining about Everton's back line this whole time. So they got two new defenders coming in to bolster their roster. And then uh, as of tonight, Fab reported, uh, Villas El Ghazi is on loan to Everton. Oh. Uh, which I think that's actually pretty good because uh, yeah. I thought Lugazi was a pretty nice player. Yeah. Um, and is he could play like that midfield or attacking forward position. Uh, <laughs> and so that's good for them uh, with the opportunity to buy out. Um, as we said last week, Manchester City sold Ferran Torres to Barcelona. Um, but that's about it. I think Villa's definitely coming on strong. You know, that Coutinho signing with uh stevie Gerrard, i think will be good uh especially that it's a loan because he's like over 30 i want to say coutinho so i don't know how smart that would be to sign him past this year But you know just for a loan i think was great um and then my biggest thing with newcastle is that they they're going out and getting burnley's chris wood who's 30 you know he's an older i think he's either from new zealand or australia i can't remember but uh, Chris Wood is older, but if you look at Burnley, Burnley doesn't score goals, like, ever. They don't score. And for them to take, for Newcastle, who is in the relegation zone, to take the leading score of another team that you're competing with in the relegation zone, yeah, even if, even if they don't get any goals from this guy, as long as he's not scoring for Burnley, I think that's a win for Newcastle in yeah. my book. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think Chris Wood right now has three goals, and I think the next guy on his team maybe has one. Everyone has a few guys have one and I think there's maybe one guy with two. Yeah. So Chris Wood is their goal scoring option. And for Newcastle to poach him, like that's huge in my opinion.
0: Good bit of business, yeah. Absolutely. Um Booze, Cheers, Belters. I already gave my belter, they low Asgard, um just a peach of a goal on the A huge stage, 94th minute. Um, And then my boo was actually going to be the Mali versus Tunisia referee. Uh, And I don't have a cheer. Um, I actually don't have a cheer. We're going to keep it super negative this week. I guess I was thinking Arsenal um, with the all-white jerseys, spreading some awareness for, um, you know, anti-knife violence and just street violence in general, um, I guess, can be my cheer. But uh, that's all I got. What about you?
1: Kings, the Wigan Athletic you know, it's like rhyme fest. just stand up, you're supposed to win Wigan Athletic, like, be proud of it uh, love that cheer um, my boo is so everything I'm doing is all for the AFCON right now, so my boo is for the Tunisian uh, game and the referee for that uh, my cheer is for uh, Salima Mukansanga and she is the first primary female official in Afghan, uh referee history. So uh, pretty important, definitely cool, um, and it's by far the best cheer of the week. And then my belter is for Ianacho, the Leicester City man, who uh, put Nigeria up 1-0 over Egypt. And that's my booze-churn belters, all for the African Cup of Nations and yeah I think everyone needs to get on board with this tournament it's the way I feel like everyone's perceiving it is that it's a Mickey Mouse tournament when it's not at all Um, it is a huge tournament with a ton of great players yeah there's some that aren't you know in some of the countries are smaller countries I even said so earlier that it's geographically hard to uh, differentiate between some of them Uh, but that doesn't mean just because you're not educated doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. And uh, it's especially fun to watch uh, with all the different players that they got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're doing yourself a favor if you box. watch it. You're doing yourself yeah, a favor if so- you watch it because there's going to be some incredible matches, some good goals scored. So um, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it and excited to watch as much of it as I possibly can. So uh, other than that, I don't think I got anything else.
1: Uh, me neither just uh follow us on twitter and on instagram uh Bruce and belters let us know what you guys think we're gonna put up some stuff we've been trying to be more uh i don't know we've been trying to be i wouldn't say aggressive but we're posting more than what yeah. we usually do yeah
0: a little um, more active lately yep
1: a little bit more active yeah that's the word i'm looking for active yeah. Yeah. <laughs> active <laughs> So getting
0: after it yeah
1: Yep. So we'll have some stuff on the different kits from AFCON, and then you know maybe some other lineup questions and whatnot that we uh, we want to see what you guys think.
0: All right, that's that. We'll see y'all next week. Cheers.
1: Cheers.